Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, this is Judy Sedgman, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm very happy to be here with my very, 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 very dear friend and colleague and wonderful therapist and delightful person, I might add. Christine Heath, I was wondering who she was talking about. Sorry, I didn't know she was talking about me. <laughs> She's looking around to see who else was here. <laughs> Just the dogs, Chris. <laughs> anyway. Aloha. Uh, Chris is in Hawaii. I'm in Pittsburgh, and we're really happy that you're wherever you are listening to our podcast. So, um, you know, we talked to you the last time about uh, people trying to understand wisdom and figure out wisdom and, and grasp this very deep, abstract concept of wisdom. And it occurred to us that we probably should follow that with a conversation about free will, because I think wisdom and free will are two uh, terms that are very central to the understanding of the three principles and very confusing to people who try to think, figure them out and think through them. So, um, and I have to say that when I first uh, got involved in the principles, I had a different view of what free will was, was more of a traditional, you know, I guess, Judeo-Christian view of free will than really what free will means in the three principles, which is a non-religious uh, point of view. It's, it, it's a spiritual point of view. And free will just describes the fact that we can think whatever we want. We have absolute capacity to imagine anything. And it's a huge power that we've been given. When you, when you really think about it, and, and look to say, what would life be like if I didn't have the ability to think? If I, if, if I had to get my thoughts somewhere else or if I had to follow instructions for everything, you would not be free. You wouldn't have free will. But free will means that you can figure things out and spend a lot of time in your intellect if you want to. Or you can ex- wait for wisdom and see what happens. You can look at a situation and say, okay, I'm going to try this. And you could be with somebody else who says, no, I don't want to do that. I'd like to do this. And you both have the free will to explore your own thinking about it and express it any way you want to. So free will is is the power of thought manifest in our life so that when we look at life, we're free to see it however we want to. And that is, an, that is an amazing, to me, that was amazing. And to give you a really goofy example, um, because it seems so ridiculous, but I, you know, I used to really think my business was making me sick. And I had this very complicated business that I was running and it was, you know, there were a lot of demands and all this, all I could make up a million things about it. And I thought, you know, I shouldn't have ever gone into this business. I'm not suited for this business, blah, 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 blah. And then I got into the principles and 
Nothing changed in my business. As a matter of fact, it got even more complicated because the government kept changing the rules in medicine. I was running a medical practice management business. But I changed. And I recognized that I had free will. That's the first thing I thought. I'm using this power to think against myself. I'm using it to make up all these reasons why this business is making me sick and it's too hard for me and I shouldn't have done it and blah, blah, blah. And that's all nothing. It's just thoughts that I'm making up. And if I have the power to make myself that miserable you know, with those thoughts, I, had, why, I could use that power for anything. It just occurred to me one day. It's just a power. I can use it any way I want to. So if I could make myself unhappy and miserable, I could make myself thrilled and excited every day when I go to work. It would work out. And, you know, my whole business was different. I fell in love with it again because I just stopped thinking all those negative thoughts about it because I was using my thinking against myself without any understanding of what I was doing, any understanding of how powerful free will is in our lives. Now, it it doesn't feel like that sometimes. It doesn't feel like we have free will because there is also the fact that we're part of the energy that is constantly creating. So there's this creation that's coming through us, right? And we have the ability to think about it any way we want to. But you don't really have control over things like, you know, car accidents or, you know, uh, fires in your house. I mean, it's just that that just follows the laws of reality as we're living in it. Right. And so because all things come from that greater energy, that, that life is created from that source of intelligence it's kind of like you don't have free will, right? It's like you just have that free will over the ability to use the gift of thought as you're experiencing your separate reality. And there's a quote in either Second Chance or In Quest of the Pearl, I'm not sure which are Sidney Banks books, but he talks about you, that you have your own free will, but everyone is operating at the will of God. And so what he's referring to as God is that energy that creates all things, not, not the religious God that people create, uh, make up and decide there's kind of a big book in the sky that says this was meant to happen to you. But because, you know, like if you, let's just say you've been like abused, you know, by somebody, it's kind of like you happen to run into somebody who was at the effect of his very, dysfunctional thinking and you happen to be the the focus of his attention that's not your fate it's your fate because that's what happens right but and your so your fate is always what happens and that's just what fate is but there's not like a big book in the sky that says that uh christine heath needs to be abused by this person on this day <laughs> You know, yeah. that's kind of what people kind of do with that. But we're all part of this energy source trying to figure out how to live without seeing how it works. And the principles give us the first glimpse into 
how it works, that we're part of this greater intelligence that's beyond our, our little pea brain. So then we try to figure it out and think about it, right? And we come up with this little theory on, on the will of God or, you know, that these things happen because it's the will of God. Well, yes, everything that happens is the will of God, if you will, because it's the way that energy allows us to use the gift of thought with free will. So you get the gift and it's up to you how you want to, how you want to use it. And so some people that are living in lower levels of consciousness that have no idea that they're thinking, they have no idea that um, they have free will and that there's a choice in what they think, because many people don't see that. They, they don't even see that thought has anything to do with their reality. You know, like they live in a, in a world that's very negative and insecure and uh, frequently looks like they need to do bad things to other people in order to feel better. Like that's their best shot, given that their level of consciousness. Now, that's not because the greater intelligence thinks it's a good idea for you to have to go through that. It just means that that's just the realities that collided in the moment. I don't know if that's clear, but that's the best shot I have at it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one, one way to talk about that is to say, you know, like hurricanes. Like people find themselves in the path of a hurricane and anytime you have a big storm or a big natural event that nobody could prevent, you know, because it happens as part of planetary forces that are beyond anyone's control. What you, what you notice in the aftermath is people using their free will to decide, what do I do now? And, and you can really see it when, when people are interviewed, you know, so something happened and let's say in one neighborhood, everybody had big losses, you know, they lost part of their house, they, something collapsed, the tree fell on the house and things happened. So they're all stuck in this, you know, mess of having to deal with huge problems. And there'll be some people standing out in their front yard saying, you know what, I still have my dog, I have my children, I have my wife. You know, I'm, 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 I'm alive. Nobody got really badly hurt and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll see through this to see our way through this. And you'll find another person right next door with the same kind of situation saying, oh, my life is over. This is what I was counting on. We really, this was the only place we ever wanted. We built our dream house and now it's gone and I don't know what we're going to do and and this is just not going to work out and I don't know how to get insurance and nobody's helping us. And, and what you realize is the two people are looking at the same reality, basically, but they're using their free will to decide how to think about it. Mm -hmm. And as they're thinking about it, they're creating the reality that looks real to them. So one person feels grateful and hopeful and the other person feels put upon and miserable. Like, how could this happen to me? This is my dream and it's all shattered. Now, the basic thing is that the hurricane doesn't care. You know, I mean, the forces of nature really don't, there's nothing personal about it. Nobody singles out anybody. But people's approach to it determines whether they feel singularly uh, miserable and, and like chosen for some evil thing, or they just think, well, things happen and I've got to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. And I'm alive. And as long as I'm alive, there's hope. Yeah. 
And it, it, it really comes down to that, that being, a, you're at a choice point all day, every day in that sense. You know, everybody has setbacks. Everybody has unintended situations come up. Everybody, you know, set out to do one thing and then had a flat tire and couldn't get there. Or, you know, there there are always things happening in life, and we have no control over them. And everybody can think of times when you left your house in the morning, you know, and you had a big plan for your day, and you you set off to go to work, and then suddenly, you know, there was a big road closure, and then you got stuck in traffic, and then you had to take a detour, and then you got lost. <laughs> now, now, you didn't plan for that. Nobody planned for that. But how it turns out for you in your life, and whether it becomes important and life-changing, you know, misery, is up to you. That's your free will. So we've been giving, the, we've been giving I look at it this way, that we can't change the circumstances of life, the bigger picture. But we've been given free will, in a sense. The gift that we have of thought is our free will to be okay, even so. Because we can, th- we can think. We can think, well, I'm not going to try this because that's not going to work. So let me reflect here and see if I can get some wisdom. Okay, you know. And I, and I think it's, it's much simpler than... I, I think Chris's explanation is excellent because she's talking about the forces that are beyond us, you know, the universe at work, and we're just a little piece of it. But we still have a power that allows us to make the most of what we have mm-hmm. of our little piece of life. And, and yeah. that's really why that, that discussion about free will is a discussion, because you have to see both things in order to understand that yes and no. You know, like I was talking to Sidney Banks once and he uh, I was very concerned about um, the like the state of the planet. And this was back in the 80s. And I was I could see that the direction we were going was not good. We were going to destroy the planet. And and so I talked to him about it and I said, you know, said, what what's going to happen? And and he said, I said, we're just like nobody's listening to us about what we need to do to wake up to do things differently. And he just sighed and said, he said, oh, it's okay. He said, consciousness will just recreate itself somewhere else. <laughs> and at the time, I, I I had great comfort in that. You know, like we can't destroy consciousness, like. To me, it's like this: if we are the only place in the in the universe that has life on it, then if we destroy this, then we, this is our last shot, kind of, you know, for yeah. for existence. And, and he just said, you know, like that's just silly. That we're not in charge of this. Yeah, it happened this time; it'll happen again, and it is happening. You know, it's like it's just that ability, that insight you had, Judy, was so powerful to me that we're always in the in the moment of creation. And that's why the universe is expanding. You know, it's like it, it, it's, it's beyond, yeah, and it's kind of beyond our little pea brain to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But yet we try. And and the thing is, when we get frightened by that, like people, I, I have so many clients that feel singularly picked out for bad stuff. You know, so, I, I mean, I've had uh, people that were abused and people that had bad childhoods and people that had, uh, you know, unruly children and miserable spouses and all this. And, 
many auto accidents and loss of jobs. <laughs> and they would sit in front of me and go, I don't know. I just don't know what's wrong with me. Why me? Everything terrible happens to me. It's always terrible. You know, and really what I want to tell those people is, look, you know, life is happening. And in a sense, we become, uh, I don't want to say almost like magnets for trouble when we're looking for it. You know, if that's what's on your mind, you'll find it kind of, you know, we have an ability to kind of think our way into bad situations and, uh, or put ourselves in, in precarious positions sometimes without realizing it because we don't know that we have this power to keep, keep ourselves safe, to use our wisdom, to find common sense, to use our thinking more wisely, to recognize our feeling state as the indicator of how, how we're using our feeling and slow down when we're, when we're going too fast and getting all freaked out. These are all the gifts that, that uh, this great power of free will gives us. But yeah. if we don't know about it, then we kind of can misuse it without any intention, totally innocently, mm-hmm. just get in the habit of, you know, overusing our, our, our little thinking machine to keep trying to figure out what to do instead of knowing it's going to work out. You know, I think one of the things that people are always saying around the three principles, and a lot of people say, oh, I'm sick of this little Pollyanna, blah, blah, blah. But we always say, don't worry about it. It'll work out. Well, it will. It's going to work out one way or the other. But we have the free will to help it to work out better, <laughs> in a sense, by the feeling that we bring into every situation, the thinking and feeling that we create. Yeah, you know, it's... um one of the things that happens, like when you are in a really low level of consciousness, I mean, there, there's truth in this that you attract, excuse my language, but shit, like there's no tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like when you, when people, people know this, they say, I'm having one of those days. Right. And you're not creating it, right? They're not thinking about it consciously, like, okay, now I'm going to get hit by a car. Okay, now I'm not going to be able to find a parking space. Okay, now I'm going to discover that my um, income tax wasn't done correctly. You know, like what, whatever. But yet we all have days where it seems like nothing feels right. And so when somebody tells you, I'm having one of those days, you don't say, well, what does that mean? Because we all know what that means, right? right. Absolutely. Okay, so. So sometimes people have one of those lives, right? Yeah, Where they're yeah. living in this negative, insecure state of mind, and then their life is a reflection of that, right? Not that they're doing it on purpose, not that they're creating um, this mess, you know, because they want to, but it's just what happens when you cruise at that level of consciousness. Like to right. me, it's a little bit like, you know, when airplanes are in an airport, and they're circling the airport and they each get a different level to, to fly at so they don't run into each other. Well, the problem is sometimes we're flying at the same level and the people we, we run into are also people that are in a really negative state of mind. And sometimes we're in a beautiful feeling and we run into people that are in a beautiful state of mind. And it seems like, like, wow, the world is full of beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how it works. So, you know, like looking at your life with this happened and that happened, woe is me. And believe me, I was the queen of woe is me. 
Why does this always happen to me? Why do people treat me like this? Why does this happen? And uh, trying to figure out why just actually made it seem like it was more personal. Like it was something I should have control over in some way that I had to. And then I had to like defend myself in the world against people who were singling me out for bad behavior. And, and believe me, I got a lot of, I got a lot of stories to tell about things that happened as a result of that. So after I learned the principles and I got into a healthier state of mind and I stopped having all that on my mind, it dropped away. Right. You know, like, like, when I was working with victims, right, victims of sexual abuse, victims of physical abuse, women who are victimized by um, the violence from their partner, I had my purse stolen eight times in two years. I had my car stolen from the parking lot outside my office. And a month later, my business partner, we had O'Brien and Heath family therapists. Michael O'Brien got his car stolen when he came to visit me for a uh, for a meeting, we were talking about something, I forget. But he left his car parked out front and got got stolen from in front of the state office building. Now, he looked at me, he goes, Chris, you are really dangerous to have in, in to share a, a practice with. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I know, isn't it true? I do have <laughs> that, is, this is my life, bad things happen to me, it's really unusual. I mean. I would call the credit card companies and they go, didn't you just have your purse stolen? I said, I know I've had it <laughs> stolen a lot. And I would do things like I'd hide it. I would not carry a purse and, and yet it would continue to happen. And then when I stopped seeing myself as a victim, it went away. Yeah. You know, what can I say? I don't know. But, you know, there are times when I get insecure and certainly bad things will happen to me, but it, there's not a connection to that, you know, but when it's on your mind all the time and you're thinking about it, that's what you see. And somehow you just live your life in a way that makes that come to life, come true. Yeah. And then, you know, when you really reflect on it, you can see what happens because I was thinking about that. I was thinking that um, when I, when I had cell phones, first, when I first got cell phones, first came out, I kept losing my cell phone. Mm. And it was a time in my life when I was um, in the middle of changing jobs and changing all, a lot of things were changing in my life and a lot of things were going on. And I was uh, frequently distracted and upset by my own thinking. Now I knew enough to know that I was upset and distracted by my own thinking, but I didn't know enough to slow down and be careful, but I did. And so I would do things like leave the cell phone on top of the toilet paper rack in the ladies' room, you know, and then, you know, leave the restaurant and two hours later call the restaurant and they'd go in the ladies' room. And, of course, it wasn't there, you know. But the funny thing was that uh, a few years later, I was with a friend in a restaurant and I did that again. I came out of the ladies' room and, and I didn't have my cell phone and I went out to the parking lot. And I had the thought, check your purse, make sure you have your phone. And I didn't. And I walked back in and I walked back in the ladies' room and the phone was sitting right there. Now, it was the same phenomenon. I was distracted for a little bit and then I left the phone, but I was quiet enough to have the wisdom 
follow the wisdom of my thought that said, you better take a look and see if your phone's in your purse. While I was still in the restaurant, I'd only been a couple of minutes and the phone was right where I left it. Now, that seems mysterious and magical, but it really isn't. It's just a question of what, what thoughts are getting your attention and what state of mind are you in? And do you listen when you have a wise thought? And when you're going really fast or you've got a lot of negative thinking, you know, wisdom can't push through and say, hello, you check the map, you're going the wrong way. You know? yeah. yeah. And so that's how those things happen. It's not like we are singled out in any way. We have the free will to use our thinking any way we want to and to get stuck in upsetting, negative, anxious, worried, fearful thinking if uh, we don't know any better. Right. And it's all innocent. Yeah, and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because as I slowed down, then I did things like lock the door. I'd be like doing therapy in one room and my purse would be in the room next door. Well, it never occurred to me that somebody had the audacity to walk in my office and go through my stuff when I was right next door, right? So (laughs) it just never occurred to me, right? So and, and you start to do things that make more common sense too. Like you're not living in such a rush. You slow down, you change how you do. So it's not like it's this, you know, strange thing. Don't get woo-woo about it. But it, it just right. is amazing how it happens. You know, it's just, um, it, it's just yeah. like recognizing that the more, the healthier state of mind you live in, the better your life will be. That's just the way it is. Yeah, right. And the more constructively you can use your power to think. Right. And the more loving you are, the more caring you are of others, the more people like to be around you. You know, it just like, it's like it has babies. You know, it's like, it's like the ants. (laughs) It's like you get one ant and pretty soon you have like thousands of ants on something. Right. So as you start to live in a better state of mind, it starts going out from you and it touches people and they get in a better place. And pretty soon your whole life changes. And it seems like, isn't that magical? But if you see that's how it works, it's like, oh, of course that would happen. Yeah. So, you know, we do talk a lot about life feeling magical when you're in, you know, when you start to understand how thought works and you get, and you feel the power to think as, as something, you know, that, that is very, it, it's the best gift. It's the most unused and unappreciated human resource on the planet. You know, if everyone would understand how to use their thinking wisely on their own behalf and behalf of all of us, uh, we would live in a different world. But it's, you, you got to forgive yourself if you're not doing that because you don't know. And so sometimes it looks like the world is ganging up on you. But mm-hmm. when it looks that way, that should be like, you know, the best thing to do is see that as a warning sign. It's like that's a little warning sign from wisdom saying, if it looks like the world is ganging up on you, maybe you need to quiet down and look deeper and see, you know, see where your thinking is coming from and see how you're using that powerful free will that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, you know, just kind of one last thing is it's just our our attempt to like want control. Can yeah. I? Can it please be my fault, right? 
Because yeah. if, if it's your fault, then somehow you do have uh, an ability to control the reality and you just don't. You only have the ability to pay attention to yourself and make choices for yourself. And the rest right. of life, you just got to learn to go with the flow. And if right. you don't take it personally and make it be about you, you're going to be good to go. Right. No, because no matter what comes your way, you'll figure out how to get through it. That's right. just life, you know. Mm-hmm. People people do crappy things. Bad things happen to you. That's mm-hmm. why sick calls life a contact sport. You know, right. it's like you're. It's always it's the game of life to see like no matter what comes your way to for you to go back inside and connect up with that spiritual part of you that knows what to do and knows how to get through it. Right. And so with that, we hope you have a great week. Aloha, everybody. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 